Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He's here. we got a lot of stuff to go over today, Mike. The well man is missing in action once again. He talked Michigan football, and he's like, all right, I'm done. He's just going to go hibernate now Sounds until about, then. Yeah. Until episode 100. Until uh, the 24th. Yeah, where right. Michigan football, I think that is episode 100. Yeah, that it probably is, yeah. <laughs> and then he'll be back talking Michigan football, yeah, exactly. how they lost to Minnesota. Oh, no. <laughs> Joe Milton is off. No. <laughs> yeah. Joe Milton uh, is amazing. Right. Except for hear. those six interceptions. It was awesome <laughs> until then. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to go over this week, Mike, though. We're going to do a Clash of Champions review. Um, we kind of chatted before the show. We, we got some, I wouldn't say hot takes on this show, but... Uh, we're also going to do an AEW check-in on their one-year anniversary since AEW Dynamite is officially debuted on TNT, so we're going to do a check-in there. Um, in part two of this show, we're going to be talking the NBA Finals. Lakers are up 2-0 as of this recording. Uh, series is pretty much over in a lot of respects, and then and Mike is loving it, of course. And then we're also going to do a, um, a coronavirus NFL injury kind of check-in discussion it, it's weird but at the same time i think it needs to be addressed there's a lot of stuff going on in the nfl right now and you know we're we're right we're teetering on the brink right now uh, of some major scheduling issues about to occur in the nfl so we're going to hit on that as well if you're waiting for lions talk that is going to be next week i'm saying it now because i know as a lions fan like we are we want to talk about them but it's it's not the right time the way we will have to record this and everything else we can't talk about the saints game because you have already seen it by the time you listen to this so we're not going to do predictions or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> it, it, it's just it's just too hard. But we're going to talk about the Lions next week. They're on a bye next week, and we're going to see where they're at at the quarterway mark. They're either going to be two and two or one and three. Regardless, those that conversation is going to be very different depending on where, where they're at with that, especially with how banged up the Saints are this week. So lots of stuff to talk about Lions next week. So if you're waiting for Lions talk, bear with us one more week. Episode 98 is coming your way. Uh, but Mike, let's jump into Clash of Champions though. Um, you know, just overall impressions of this. We talked right before we went on air. My my thoughts were simply this show was a one man card in a lot of respects, where it was literally designed just to reinforce the fact that Roman is not the same Roman Reigns as before and to get that heel level up another notch. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Excuse me. That's all I that's all I got from this entire show. I, I, that was my one takeaway at the end. They put him in the main event. You know, he basically just beat the crap out of Jey Uso for 20 minutes. You know, he's the tribal chief now, which I'm very interested to see that merch. Um... I like the thing that the, the the conversation he had with Paul. Paul's like, "You're my tribal chief," and Roman goes, "I don't care if you say it," <laughs> which I thought yeah. was which I thought was really really good. Um, well, give me your overall thoughts just on the show before we go match by match here and just kind of break them down real fast. Yeah, I thought it was a solid show. I think <clears throat> it opened great, ended great, yeah. and then everything in between was meh. Was meh. Yeah, and that's that's where it was. I yeah. think the the world title, the WWE title match, I guess you could say. Um, under delivered. It was uh, biggest letdown of the match of the night uh, for me guard, for yeah. sure. And Absolutely. then the rest of them, the other three matches, I didn't expect anything of. Right. So I guess they were fine. Right. Being matches that had like no. And they had to, They did for. have. They did have to move some pieces around. Right. We didn't see the smack the women's tag title match because of the of some COVID issues, yeah. and we we had to call a match on the fly for the SmackDown women's title with Oscar basically challenging again, which mm-hmm. I felt was kind of like, all right, Oscar's here. She's fine. You know, we're going to do a smudge finish anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, I guess it doesn't really matter in the long term because they're going to go Bailey and Sasha anyway, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. But um, 
Yeah, I, I agree with your assessment, though, pretty much 100%, right? Ladder match started out, went really well, right? I'm glad Sami Zayn got the win there, um, and it ended strong. But everything else in the middle, um, let's just go... So let's just start with that ladder match first, right? I don't. I would not put this ladder match in, like, my top five ladder matches by any means. Um, I thought it was unique the way they did it. They tried to... It's hard without a real crowd there to, like, get, like, the, like you know, the anticipation for the high spots and stuff. Um, I thought it was well done. I thought everybody was okay. I thought it was creative how they, because Sammy's the least, I guess, physically gifted. I guess is the best way of putting that between the three of them. To with like the with the handcuffs and everything. I thought it was a unique finish considering. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he got the win. That's the big thing. Yeah, I think that ma- I think I would describe the match as unique all yeah. around. Where they they did try a lot of new right. spots. Yeah, and they did a lot of unique finishes and stuff for yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't put in my top five or anything. No. I mean, I don't have like a definitive like. Oh, you're no, top yeah, five. no, right. But of it's definitely like, like you're not going to talk like, oh, this is a level of like TLC one or something. Yeah. Like, that. like it's not. It's, it's not, not a thing, yeah. right? For it, sure. It was just it was just very solid for yeah, what it was for sure. And I agree, Sami Zayn definitely should have won anyone. So yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm liking it. All right, what's the next match on the card? Uh, so we had Asuka defeating Zelina Vega by submission in seven minutes and five seconds. They're, I think they're just kind of waiting for someone else to be like ready for Asuka at this point. I know that's yeah. a funny thing because I like that's her tagline, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like there's nobody. I mean, I'm glad Zelina Vega's getting a chance to wrestle and stuff, and they're trying some other people out. But it's like we're just kind of. I think they're waiting for this draft here coming up here in yeah. the next couple weeks here, and we're gonna talk about that next week as well. Just kind of saw that fall out. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I think they're just kind of. Spinning their wheels a little bit for this yeah. next. I, this think Hel- dra- I think Hell in a Cell is going to drag. Is the draft going to be a reset of everybody, or is it just like the I same th- roster with like a couple shifts? I I don't. I think it's a couple shifts. I think it's like is okay, it, is everyone's it, already on Raw and SmackDown and NXT. All right, first pick yeah. goes to Raw. Raw is going to take Adam Cole. Boom, yeah. and then NXT takes blah blah blah. Yeah, okay. I, I think it's more like that. I think I haven't done enough research on it. The draft for me. I've gotten really excited for drafts in the past, and it's been a complete letdown. And then I've been not, and then I've been pleasantly surprised. So I'm yes. trying to like go with like the like well, reserve. Because like, in, like in like 2016, the draft was like drafting rosters. Yeah, and then they always did like a superstar shakeup. Yeah, they never called it a draft again. Right, it was always just like a shake-up. well, like but remember like in like 2007, 2008, 2009, where it was like yeah, the person wins a match and it was like yeah, Triple H is going to SmackDown and he's the WWE champion. So like that kind, I think it's going to be more like that than it is like all right, everyone goes into a big cluster and now we're going to start picking people and everything because yes, yeah. I don't think they're going to completely upheave NXT you know what I mean yeah. hopefully not right um, Bobby Lashley beat Paulo Cruz next. by submission next in 8 minutes next okay we've seen it 12 <laughs> times like come on uh, you had the Street Profits beat Andrade and Angel Garza in 8 minutes and 15 seconds also. This was a disaster because Angel Garza blew out his knee, or they thought he did. So that's the, there was a rushed finish on this. I, I read after the fact that there still was no scheduled tag title change occurring. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, I don't understand. Like The problem with this card is that there was a lot of matches where they... You can't have a clash of champions and have half your champions not in a feud of some sort. Like mm-hmm. Apollo Crews versus Lashley is like... All right, we've seen this now four times. You know, what was he going to face now? Cedric Alexander? Like, who's he going to face? Ricochet? Like, it's the same six guys fighting each other. This match, again, how many times have Andrade and Angel Garza lost the tag titles against Street Profits? I can count at least twice on pay-per-view that it's happened, not including WrestleMania where it was supposed to be those two. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, what the hell's the, the point? You know what I mean? I don't know. I just didn't... No. stupid. Uh, Drew McIntyre beat Randy Orton in an ambulance match. 
and that was a match. This, this is the this is the one match where like if I'm gonna get like upset, it's this match because oh, yeah. they killed they like th- this match did nothing for Drew McIntyre at all, like zero. You got twelve guys interfering on his behalf, and yet he still almost loses. Like mm-hmm. how is that a thing, right? Like it just didn't make. I understand why they did it with everybody coming back. I yeah. understand, but like this should have been like six months down the road or whatever where Orton's already been champion and as he's been champion he's beat the crap out of these people and then they're the reason why he loses the title and then we go off but instead he's not the champion he's now lost on three or four straight pay-per-views so your biggest heel I mean I guess he's technically still your biggest heel but like he's not there's no momentum there Mm -hmm. anymore and I'm guessing they're gonna try this again at Hell in a Cell and I'm guessing this is where Orton takes it I guess but I I don't know like this was the one match for me where I go uh, that's really it's not good. It's like it's just not it's not good, and it didn't help Drew at all. It didn't help Orton in any stretch of the imagination. Like I honestly still thought Drew was gonna lose, mm-hmm. and I was like, so you're gonna have Orton get attacked by like four guys, and yet he's still gonna beat the WWE champion? Wow, your WWE champion sucks. Then mm-hmm. you know, like I just it was bad. There's yeah. nothing good about this match, quite frankly. Yeah. It's it's it could have been great, but it was not. Also, I don't think there's a single ambulance match that I really enjoy. No. Like ambulance match to me just never mm. does it for me. No, it's in any it's any sense of form with anybody. It's right. never worked. It's for always me. it's in in you can tell that when they go with a stipulation like that, it's because they don't want someone to take the pinfall, right? Yeah. It's it's okay. Well, Orton's not going to take the fall. Yeah. Okay, he gets thrown to an end, but he didn't get like beat. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I, you know what I mean? Because all you do is close. Drew the door, still so. won, but he didn't beat him. I don't. Yeah. You know, it's like a weird like. Wrestling logic, I guess, yeah, is the best way of putting. It. But this match was definitely a letdown in, in a lot of respects. You know, this match we talked about, we're like this could it could have been great if it was physical, had some good, you know, like just a good brawl type of match. But at the end, you just throw somebody in the ambulance. I feel like that would have went a lot farther. But instead, they had to, you know, all right, Christian's beating him up. Okay, but now we got Shawn Michaels going in there. Now we got Big Show. All right, Ric Flair's driving and all that other stuff. I'm like, there's just so many things where it's they tried to input old stars. For a match that shouldn't have needed it, you yep. know, they should have just let the two guys go at it, and this should have been a blow off because an ambulance match for me means you're so beat up, you're you're sent home in an ambulance. You should be off TV for a while. Not he's back next week attacking a whole bunch of old dudes. Mm-hmm. I just eh, it's, it's disappointing to say the least. Yeah, I agree. Um, Roman Reigns beats Jey Uso by technical knockout in yeah. twenty three minutes. This was good. <laughs> Thought it could have been better. They went the more artistic route with this match rather than the than like a up and down like yeah. oh geez like took me on a roller coaster type of match which I thought they could have done, um, but I, did, I I thought it was good. Once again, it's all about establishing Roman as this badass. Like I'm just gonna you know like I, hey we're family, but at the same time yeah. you're not gonna come near me. I actually like the route they went because yeah. I do. I, oh, normally, yeah, for sure. yeah. normally I like the whole like back and forth like yeah. James take me on a roller coaster and, roll- and then at the end okay we're good. But yeah. since you don't have the crowd there, I think <clears> the <throat> fact that you can amp up their voice right and so and like there's the no like, yeah, yeah you can listen to the dialogue actually and like not have like fans screaming over everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it really helps right um with with that style match with your yes, fans or sure. virtual fans or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's why I, I actually rather them went this route then mm-hmm. because if you go back and forth and Jay's about to take the title and, and, two count, and it's like one, but, two, it's like, oh, wait, no one cares. Yeah, but no one cares because no one's really there so you're yeah. not seeing anybody react to it. For sure. For so sure. I actually like the route they went with it and great that Reigns won. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously there's no reason yeah. ever to take the title off him for the next several months but the point is is that this is, I mean, they are just building Roman 
as like this monster heel, right? Where in it, and they're doing it in a way where it's su- like you know where they're going, but they're doing it in such a subtle like, all right, I'm gonna move this one piece mm-hmm. and we're gonna leave it for a while. Now I'm gonna move another piece and we're gonna, you know, it's like it's just slowly but surely. It's like okay, he's back and he attacked everybody. Okay, well Roman did that before, mm-hmm. but now he comes back. Oh, now he's got Paul Heyman. Oh, what does that mean? But Paul Heyman's not my manager though. I'm hiring him. He works for me, not the other way around. Okay, now I'm going to win the title in a weird way where I'm going to, like, skimp out on most of the match. That's pretty mm-hmm. heel-like. But at the same time, I'm best friends still with my family. But now I'm going to also beat the living dog crap out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff there. I would honestly be looking forward to in a couple months from now, and once the other Uso brothers back in January, for them all to be, like, kind of a little stable. I think that would be badass because the Usos are a great tag team. Um, I really like this. I thought, I, once again... SmackDown is contingent strictly right now upon Roman Reigns and what he's doing, and yeah. right now they're the more they're the more entertaining show for me well, because SmackDown of that. is leaps and bounds, but yeah. and even it adds that every other championship is more significant than Correct. its counterpart Correct. on Raw. Correct. Yeah, like, even the SmackDown tag titles that were on the pre-show, I would rather watch Cesaro and Shinsuke face name yeah. a team yeah. over Street Profits beating Andrade and Angel Garza mm-hmm. for the twelfth time. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think everything about SmackDown works. Yep. Honestly, I would love it. Wait, I gotta think if I'm gonna really love it or not. <laughs> if they went back to SmackDown and Raw exclusive pay per views, because oh, I yeah. would love SmackDown exclusive oh, pay per views yeah. right now. Oh yeah. And Raw ones, I'd be like, the Raw ones would be like, really, this is really, rough. really rough. <laughs> but the SmackDown ones would be back like in yeah. 2016 when they first split, when yeah. all the SmackDown ones were like, oh man, this, this is really good. This and is plus, really, you saw really elevation soft. of talent, right? Yeah. And you know. Um, that's why I'm hoping this draft is going to do something because, like, you need some infusion of talent. They need to throw some guys on Raw. As yeah, well. they do. Yeah. But, because they have no main event talent on yeah. Raw right now. Like, no offense, but the Keith Lee experiment's not working. Um, and Retribution's already dog crap. I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, that T-Bar guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call him Dijakovic because that's who he is. Like, win the U.S. title because they're kind of feuding with the Hurt Business. Like, something like that, yeah. you know? It, it, you, you might as well throw the United States Championship in the trash. It doesn't mean a damn thing. But it's whatever. Um, it looks... Cool. Yeah, it looks nice. It looks great. Great design. Uh, <laughs> um, overall grade on the show? Um, I will give it a C. A C? Yeah. yeah. Only because, like, strictly because I think the opening and mm-hmm. main event matches were... Like, the bread really, was really good. Solid. The middle was gross. Exactly, yeah. And normally, <laughs> at least for the WWE shows, normally it's like, oh, that one match was, like, yeah. good and everything right. else was... Like, this one gave me two really solid matches mm-hmm. that I would actually... Mm-hmm. Think like go back like I would watch the main event again. Yeah, like legitimately, I'd be like, yeah, right. let's go watch this one. Yeah, again. you could you could see this match as part of a chronicle for them to be like, this is the whole transformation of Roman Reigns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and you can really feel that 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 tension. Yeah, for so sure. I'd give it like a. C. Yeah, I'm probably right there with you. Um, like I said, the middle of the card, it kind of got jumbled up, so they kind of had to make do with what they did. But Raw is so struggling for talent right mm-hmm. now on any real stretch of the imagination. Um, that you know, SmackDown's matches are blowing them out of the water pretty much consistently. I mean, no offense, but Bobby Lashley and Apollo Crews for the U.S. title, or do I want Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy? Exactly. That, exactly. That is That's like, it's not even close, like from that yeah. regard. Right, right now, it's Roman Reigns versus it doesn't Uso even matter. Like, yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter because he's so much. Right, such, such exactly, because it's Roman. It, it's Roman against a paper bag, and I'm like, oh, what's he going to do with that paper bag? You know, you know, it's just it is what it is. We're doing a really nice job with Roman, so yeah, I'll, I'll give it a C for sure. I think that's a fair assessment yeah. of it. It was nothing special. You may not remember it, but you'll remember it in the sense of what w- this is a part of the Roman Reigns yeah. turn. Um, all right, let's check in with AEW here. They're on their one year anniversary. 
um, since debuting on TNT. We got Jericho's 30th wrestling anniversary, too, coming up, which is weird. And he's going to be in some weird tag match against the guy he really likes, that Dr. Luther guy. Because um, <clears throat> why not, right? Um, but, you know, let's, you know, AEW, first year on a major network. It's the first time we've really seen this in this in this light since WCW. I know TNA had spiked, but they weren't head-to-head or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, just give me your overall, like, your impressions. I mean, are you are you content with where they're going, considering where they started to where they're at now? Um, it's kind of become part of our weekly routine now that's like, oh, by the way, there's AEW now, yeah. like, and all that good stuff. I mean, are you have you been impressed, considering, the, you know, because you got to throw in the COVID stuff, too. That hurts that half yeah, the year yeah, has yeah, been, yeah, yeah. you know, without fans, but... Are you impressed? Do you want more? What are you looking forward to? Just give me your overall thoughts on AEW yeah, right now. Yeah, I, th- I thought it's been great from just about all of it. Mm-hmm. I think this last little bit, obviously with no fans, I think it's been really killing. But yeah. I think on like around the time of Revolution, yeah. I don't think they could have been any hotter. Yeah, like they were, everything they were, they were really, doing around they were that really time frame fire. for like two months was like mm-hmm. insanity and so much better than what everything else was doing. And just everything from mm-hmm. every single week, all the champions, just adding new titles into the mix, right. having these feuds just kind of like come in fluently, like mm-hmm. because they're all in factions. So it's like you it can helps. have the Bullock or not the Bullock, the Elite or whatever <laughs> right. taking on um, whoever, the best friends or something. Right. Yeah. But then like one guy interferes and then you can shift the best friends over here and you can yep. move this to the inner circle and everything just rides fluently. Nothing yep. feels like really force like oh we need this guy to right. do this thing <clears throat> and i think right when it got to the covid era i was like ah oh, it's getting a little stale then cody comes out with the new championship and then you have a title defense every week and it just spikes it right back up mm-hmm. so i think they've been doing great yeah um for sure around it's been a lot of fun do you think that, do you think that they're going to run into some issues because like you said right they've had a lot of new just just based off the fact that they are brand new right mm-hmm. so you're you're looking at it and you say okay right we, we've established our world championship all right now we bring the tnt title in all right we brought in a lot of big names from wwe right there's not many left to really bring in at this point really. um so it's like okay are you concerned at all that maybe that now that there's not the element of what's going to happen next? Who's going to jump or what are they going to do to introduce something new? That at this point they're going to just become like every other wrestling company where it's just like, all right, we're just going to keep, we're just going to roll now. And yeah. there's nothing like to be like, oh, crap, they did what? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like before, like when it first debuted, it was super hot. Like mm-hmm. this, like they were, they were clicking on all cylinders. Jericho had never been better. We were really rolling, right? And as we got to Revolution, we were going really well. Moxley's on top of the world. And then I feel like we've been on this, like this, and then it's like, oh, we're back up for a second, and now we're yeah. we're kind of, we're like at a, we're, we're okay, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say we're doing anything groundbreaking at yeah. the moment. I, I agree, yeah. but I, I don't think there's ever been, like, there's no company or no, no right. one ever that could just be like, oh, we're just breaking ground yeah. every single week. For sure. For five years. I mean, yeah. outside of the Attitude Era, probably. Yeah. And even then, there was a lot of stuff that wasn't very good with the stuff that was really, really good in there. Yeah. Um, there's never been a time when it's just, like, always just... I think, honestly, from the time of, like, in early January to, like, April, it was always yeah, it was just going fantastic. up. Like, it was a it was lot really, of good really stuff good. from there. Really, really I think good. that's one of the longest stretches even from WWE recently, of like four solid months of a show right. that you've really gotten outside maybe NXT stuff. But even right. NXT TV hasn't really been that great. It's always been the takeovers. Right. So right. I think AEW has can have those moments, especially when fa- they're starting to have fans come back a little bit. Yep. So once the fans start coming back and they're able it's to come back so and much home better. Oh, it'll so be, better. one, so much better, and two, I think they are able to mm-hmm. keep their momentum going 
from yes. last March or April, whenever the COVID outbreak really right. started. For sure. Is there one thing that you want to see an improvement on? Because for me, I want to see their pay per views mean more. Yeah. In my opinion, like I, I still, we, I still stand by the the argument that Revolution was the best pay per view they've had. Yeah, and it's not I, even close. I, I, yeah, it's really not. And t- so, like for me, like this last show, All Out, it did not feel like their WrestleMania. I guess yeah. you know what I mean. Like for me, if you're only gonna have four or five pay per views a year, those need to mean something, and stuff needs to actually happen. We yeah. need to have progression. In our storylines. Now, I'm going to give them a little pass this year because, A, year one, two, who can predict what happened outside of their control? But, like, All Out for me was a really big disappointment on a lot of aspects. Not because the guy didn't want win to win, like that kind of stuff, but, like, from a story perspective, I'm like, yes. we're not, we're not, we weren't progressing mm-hmm. in a lot of stuff. The only thing that would really happen was the, was the Adam Page, Kenny thing. So it's like, mm-hmm. for me, I just want them to take their paper, and I, I guess they are, but, like, I want to feel like, all right, if I'm investing the 50, 60 bucks to watch this show, mm-hmm. then I want stuff to matter and I want things that they're going to do. I don't want to be able to see, you know, Kenny and Hangman versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and then two weeks on AEW, then also see that same match. And it's like, okay, well, then why why did I pay for that pay per view? Yeah. You know what I mean? I just want their pay per views to feel a little bit more important because mm-hmm. you've only got four or five. If they were a WWE, they, I get it because you've got so much stuff you need to fill in. A lot of papers are going to wind up being garbage. But in their case, you've only got a couple, mm-hmm. so they better be freaking good. If you're if if I'm paying for it, I don't know if you've got anything else for them to maybe necessarily improve upon or something that you want to see moving forward for them. But that's my big one for me is is that. Um, yeah, that would probably be mine. Um, I'm trying to think of anything. I guess I would love to see more of like the the mid carters mm-hmm. kind of i feel like there's only a few and, and you can only have so many people like challenge and that's really oh, yeah, what for sure. that's really what darkest for to kind of rise people up yeah. and then kind of move over to tv like scorpio right. sky went like six straight on dark right. and now he's like challenging and, 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 and then it challenges for the tnt title because he won six in a row there so right. he comes back on tv or whatever right but i would like to see more of like the matt cardona's or something like yeah. kind of start getting some wins somewhere and then like mm-hmm. start rising up the ranks a little bit mm-hmm. i love the ranking system I but wish they. I, I wish, wish they played more into that. Yeah. Quite frankly, like they're like, oh, they've been the number two team for six weeks. I go, yeah, but they haven't had a title show. Like yet. I wish people jump in them. I wish it was more like UFC would do, where yeah. it's like where when they came out, they were like, this is the number one ranked, right? Ta- like tag team right. in the world versus the champion or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you at least know it's like okay, this they is have your some best. credibility yeah. going into this match. Like I don't like the fact that like you've got the number one, number two, and now you have the number five team getting a tag title yeah. shot. Just because you're getting a tag title shot. I go, why? Then what is the point of me being one, yeah. two, three, or four if you're going to get the fifth team a shot? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mind that because it happens in UFC where, like, the third or fourth person will get the title shot. Yeah. But I at least want them to be, like, they're getting a title shot because they're the fourth yeah. ranked, right. not because... Oh, or because kind of, of X. Like, they have there. a big win over the champion and tag match. Yeah, something, something to give me a reason. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. So, like I said... It's been fun. I'm really excited to see what the future holds. This is the first time we've seen something like this in a long time where there's a lot of money backing a wrestling promotion, not with the letters WWE. So that it's fun. It's going to be exciting. You know, They just need to keep up the momentum. They really need to start home-growing some people. Or the guys that they do have from WWE, you need to lose that identity for, as a WWE guy, and they really need to start becoming AEW guys. Because right now, they still feel like a little bit they're reliant upon what those guys did in previous promotions. I mean, you look at their champions right now, every single champion they've had is a WWE guy. 
So it's kind of one of those things where you just go, oh boy, you know, it, it's it's difficult to, you know, be like, okay, well, yeah, that's the revival. All right, yeah, that's you know, Luke Harper. All right, that's Dean Ambrose. It, mm-hmm. It's you know, it's it's one of those things where there no longer need to be Dean Ambrose in WWE. It needs to be John Moxley of AEW. So that that's the one other thing I would say. But year one, I would say, considering where what they could have been, you know, and, and what we've tried to see other companies attempt to do. <laughs> they're off onto a pretty good pretty yeah. good foot starting off year one. Uh, that's going to be for part one of this episode. In part two of this week's show, we're going to be talking NBA Finals. Mike's got a lot of time, a lot of comments on that. And we're also going to be checking in on the NFL and this whole coronavirus pandemic. All that good stuff after the break. Stick around. Hey guys, the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyke here. Just reminding you once again that episode 100 is right around the corner. Me, Mike, Kyle, and the rest of the Animals Right Sports Podcast are extremely excited to bring you episode 100. We appreciate all your support for the first first 100 episodes we really do appreciate it if you want to continue to support the show please go to below the forward slash i'm always right pc in order to order the very the brand new i'm always right sports podcast official logo t-shirt it's the hottest hottest commodity on the market today so don't miss your chance to own one of those bad boys we appreciate the support once again tell all your friends pass it share it do what you got to do to make sure this podcast lives on for a very very long time now here's part two of this week's episode and welcome back to part two the i'm always right sports podcast episode 97 in the books here mike uh, let's just jump right in here though to the nba finals action your los angeles lakers are up 2-0 on your l miami hitos and this has been a bit of a disaster because, you know, it hasn't even really been competitive for these two games, quite frankly. You know, it's been it's been a bit of a letdown. I'm not going to lie. I've been a little disappointed in it. I know you're loving it and everything, but, like, from a from a guy who doesn't have a dog in the hunt, it's it's hard. You know, I'd be like, all right, it's 2-0. It's pretty much over already at this point. I mean, give me your thoughts. I mean, what are your takeaways from this? From this? Like, is it just like, okay, Lakers are awesome? Like, is that it? Like, <laughs> well... I mean, yes. They, I mean, they are the best team in basketball. Yeah. Um, I guess it's unfortunate for some people that don't like the Lakers. It's not so much I don't like the Lakers. Like, like, I'm just kind of like, ugh, like this is like it's not. I want the finals to be close. Like, yeah. you know. I know. I absolutely. Yeah. I, I honestly wish, and I talked to you about this earlier. Yeah. I wish the Lakers would have played the Clippers. I yeah. wish they would have played. Right. At least. Miami, who I thought was going to be way more competitive, or like the Bucks or something, who right. maybe would have been more competitive. Like I wanted more competitive games. I thought at the end the Lakers would beat anybody and get the title win. Right. But I was like, I do want these to be more competitive because it is more. Like I'm just saying because I want a close game too. I'm sitting there going, like I like right. as much as I want a thirty point blowout and the Lakers just to win in four and win. Right. As a fan, I'm like, I want these series to be close too right. because. They're boring to watch. Yeah, like, exactly. frankly, like we always have the argument: like if the Lions made the Super Bowl, would we want a blowout or right. a close win right. or and whatever? It's tough because, and it's you're, tough like, because you're like a blowout would be awesome to watch, but to go back to watch it, it's like, like this is boring. It's boring. Like right. for me, I'm a big Seattle fan. Going back to watch that Super Bowl where they win like 43 to eight against Broncos, I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, it's just so boring because after like a quarter, it's like it's the game's so hard over. to watch. It's so hard to watch. So I just kind of look at this series. I'm like, I wish I would have got that seven game series against the Clippers because it would be nice if they. Went to Game Seven, right? And it's, and it's like a big game, big right. game, close yeah. game, or something. It right. would have been so much more fun. Like, but this series just kind of like we haven't. That that is the one thing you know, like not nothing to take away from Denver and like Utah in that series and what have you. But we haven't had a series go seven that meant like, oh man, like this is gonna like change some stuff up. Like, no offense to Denver and and 
in Utah. I mean, I get it that, that, that Denver beat the Clippers, but that's, I think, more problem yeah. with the Clippers than it is what yeah. Denver did. But point being is, like, we didn't we didn't get that, like, it's not cutting time kind of yeah. moment. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't see that in the Miami Bucks series. We didn't see that Miami and the Celtics, you know? I mean, we got it a little bit, the Celtics and Toronto, but yeah. Toronto had to win four straight, basically, to get, to get there. So you're just like... I mean, yeah. it, it's it was an insurmountable, you know, yeah. amount to get there. So it's like I feel like as good as these games have been at times, at other times I'm just like, where's my like I'm not I'm not I, I don't get that butterfly feeling where I'm like oh man like I this don't. is like this is intense like holy crap like this is like even a game six like to feel big where you're like all right man game six oh, oh, oh yeah. boy here we go I would say the the only series that I felt that yeah. was the Toronto. Boston semifinal series yeah, right. when it went to like double overtime and Toronto yes. was like fighting for their life. Yeah. That game for me, I was like, and I'm not, yeah, I don't care sure. about either team. Right. I thought either one would lose. But it was just good basketball. Bucks, it was good. But to it was see just it. a really yeah. solid like series and it was both teams that really wanted to win. Yep. And you could see Toronto just wanted that game mm-hmm. a little bit more because of how hard they were fighting against a game seven. Yep. That was the only game right. in this entire playoff stretch. Because I would say even, I, I guess the Nuggets coming back too where they just wouldn't give up against their mm-hmm. two teams, but the Clippers also just kind of just like gave up in yeah. those th- it, it, last three games. Disaster. So if you want to hear our rant on that, go back a couple. Go back, yeah, go back like three weeks, <laughs> and you'll hear Rob just complain all about that. But I think I think you kind of just look at this series and like after watching every single round yeah. of the playoffs, I think it just was like, yeah, Lakers are just good. They're, yeah, they're, they're the best just, team we got. It. The best okay, team. Done. Yeah. Let's just give it to them already. Be done with it. Yeah, for sure. And and that's the thing too is that you look at it and you you know it. it it's it's unfair in a lot of regards to this Heat team in the sense of like you know I, Tristan Thompson made a comment which I thought was a little bit derogatory it was like it's like JV versus varsity yeah. because I'm like I'm like first off a couple things number one check your own resume here for a second here because like where do you play you play in Cleveland without LeBron which means you're total garbage yeah. number two um, and he was also very inefficient when he was no with kidding yeah but but, but for another another day but. At the same time, you know, I do feel for the Heat because in a lot of regards you go, yeah, we played complete team basketball for three rounds, right? Like, we we just, we, we don't have a, one guy that is like, stands out above, I mean, I, I know Jimmy Butler's very, very good, but like, he's not a top three player in the league. He's just not. It's just what it is. But we played complimentary team basketball and played and won with defense and swarm people, right? And it's like... And now you go up against this buzzsaw of a team, and you're like, we're trying to do that, but it's just like our team basketball is still not enough for just the fact that they have more. They got more. They got more stars. They got the the player. Their stars compared to our stars just aren't the same. You know, even if Bam was healthy and he's canceling on Anthony Davis, all right, great, but no one's matching LeBron's output. And even if Jim Butler matches LeBron's output, then you have to rely upon everybody else to match. It's just. It's just one thing after another. I mean, when you got LeBron and AD combining for like 66 points in game two, you're just like, damn. You know, it's just like, wow. Yeah, and the problem that they're having is they're trying to use a zone that they use against one star team. It's not working. And it doesn't work when, one, LeBron's the best passer in basketball and reads defenses better than maybe anyone in basketball history. Like, he he just sits in the post and just looks around and just holds the ball and just goes, Yep. Wide open. Right. The guy's always wide open. For some reason, the yep. guy's always wide open. Mm-hmm. And so he breaks apart people's defenses. And then when there's three seconds left on the shot clock, they go, hey, AD, 
turn around three pointer makes yeah. it or yeah. something. Or and that's the stuff like, you can't defend. And it's just like, like what do you do? Yeah, you just can't do anything. You can have the best <clears> defense in the world, and if you just give it to AD and he makes it. And their offensive efficiency hasn't been there either. Like when they played yeah. the Bucks and they played the Celtics, it felt at times where like Miami was scoring at will. Like Goran Dragic off the dribble was was playing phenomenal. Tyler Hero was playing great. Jay Crowder's hitting clutch threes when it needs it. Right. Jimmy Butler doing just enough offensively to be like, yeah, you know, yeah. like I'm here still, but. Duncan you know, Robinson's been awful. You no, know, Duncan Robinson's terrible, and he's a liability on defense. So if you're not, if, if you're negative offensive efficiency, and you don't play defense already, yeah. that you're a complete liability. Yeah, LeBron's taking advantage of that because in Cleveland in his yeah. last year with Kyle Korver, they would throw Kyle Korver to make threes, but then they were playing Golden State, and Kyle Korver can't guard a single soul mm-hmm. on Golden State. So he was like, "Do I want Korver in to make threes?" But then when Korver's missing over five, you're like, "You have to, you have yeah, to you sit. sit down. You, you cannot sit down. be out here if you're right. gonna miss everything." <laughs> And Duncan Robinson not be out here. <laughs> if, yeah, if you're missing everything, and Duncan Robinson's out here going over seven, yeah. but they just don't have another guy that can like yeah. just come in for him. So it's like right. he has to be out there, mm-hmm. but it's like LeBron just like I'll yeah, because Iguodala, Iguodala's been terrible too. Yeah. So like it's just been not. It, it, it's a tough draw, and honestly, it is. Miami playing almost any other team in the West, I'd be like this would be a one-one series, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But right now they're just. The, the Lakers, for as much flack as a lot of people gave them for playing not very well at the beginning of this bubble, they've only gotten progressively better as each series has gone on. It's yep. not like they were, like, okay against, you know, they've been okay, okay, and all of a sudden, like, where did this come from? No, it's been, they were good against Portland, they went out and then they beat the living dog crap out of Houston, and then they went and beat the crap out of Denver, and it's just one of those things where you go, they just progressively got more and more efficient, yeah. and you're going to see it now where it's like Miami's just the team, unfortunately, who's on the receiving end of this. Of, yeah, of the peak of the team. Oh, yeah, and right. I also, they've never played better this yeah. entire season. I'll even go back to when this regular season was going on. They've never played better. Oh. Their, their role players have yeah. never played better. And, and all the people that have messaged yeah. me on Twitter that was like, why doesn't LeBron just take it to the hoop every day? I, I think I've said it like the last three weeks or whatever we <laughs> talked about this, but everyone that was like... LeBron just is playing Portland. Just take it to the hole yeah. every single week. And to me, I answer that by saying, look what he's doing right now in the finals where Danny Green, Kuzma, Markeith Morris, Alex Caruso, they're all hot. They're all hot. They're all making all their threes. And it's because he just kept throwing it to them. KCP... Right. Because yeah, when, you're playing, when you're playing an okay Portland team, you have the flexibility really? to go and say, I don't need to put up 40 tonight because I need everyone else to start getting into rhythm. Because when it doesn't matter, and yeah. I maybe can't put up 40 because I'm getting double teamed, that's when you need to make your shots. Yes. It's not now, but later. Yeah, so people yeah. that were questioning that, I was yeah. like, if you're looking at the result now, oh, yeah. they're about to lo- yeah, possibly sweep maybe five games beat Miami. Yeah. And I go... That's why, right? It's because exactly. of the stuff important. Talking about Miami real fast here before we move on. Um, you know, the Lakers obviously they're going to be in the hunt next year. I don't necessarily know if they're going to be able to play as well as they're playing right now. Like they're playing out of yeah. their minds. I don't know if this is necessarily replica- replicatable. I guess the best word to say it. It's gonna. I would say it's hard because you're getting Golden State back. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors, right? But I want to talk about Miami though, in the sense of, do you think Miami can make another run here? Because they're they're, they're pretty young, considering, right? Like I like I'm looking at. I mean, I almost feel like it's a magic run, but the way they did it is is. You can do that again. You can replicate good defense. You can replicate some of the things that they do very, very well. You can replicate good coaching. Now, some of, like, Tyler here going for 50. All right, maybe you can't count on that, right? But the way they beat the Bucs was not because they shot the lights out. They beat the Bucs because they they played really, really good defense. Um, I will answer that 
when it comes around next year because if you're gonna have fans back yeah. for the playoffs, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Really? Okay. But if they're if it's like a bubble setting again for some reason, like yeah. nothing's better and they're in a bubble, right. I think yes. Why do you say if there's fans that it makes a difference? Because I think this team is very young. Yeah. And when you have Tyler Hero playing, uh, you think the emotions get? I think the emotions okay. get to you and a more experienced, like say the Bucks team, right? Mm-hmm. I think the Bucks. And with a home crowd and everything, like everyone cheering against a twenty-year-old mm-hmm. kid, I think would have got to him, and he wouldn't have played as efficiently mm-hmm. as, say, like the guy, like the thirty-two-year-old George Hill, who has right. experience in the finals. Right. Now he's playing in the first round against the Heat or whatever. I think he would produce way better. Okay. So I think I think if there are fans, I think the younger Heat core yeah. will be like will be a little like okay. maybe not bad, but like they won't be nearly as good as what they are right now. Okay, alright, yeah. I'm very, I'm very interested to see how this team develops, because yeah. I like Eric Spolstra. You know, Jimmy Butler is that silent yeah. leader type guy. I like yeah. that. And know. this is like the weird year, because they didn't play with fans, so next year yes. will be like everyone's first year with fans if they do make the playoffs and go far again. Correct. So it's like almost like they're all rookies at it again. Yeah, it's like oh, so, it's a totally different yeah. Framework. Yeah, so sure. it's going to be like, hey, instead of playing with no fans, how about thirty thousand people screaming about how much they hate you every <laughs> single game? And I get that at home every day. Very interesting for sure. If if somehow we come back, I mean, if we come back on the air next week, is there any chance that the finals is still going on? Technically, it's got to go at least six. What six? No, right? because so they played today for game three. Yeah. Tuesday's game four. Friday's game five. So Sunday's game six. Yeah. So well, if, they, if they end if it, it gets... in five, it will be over by next Sunday. No, no, I'm saying like if the there is a technical possibility though that we could be talking about. Oh, well, we're going into game six, game. Yeah, seven, if it's if it goes if, if it goes back. if it goes into game six, we will be talking about it on Sunday. Okay. All right. Cool. Because the finals is next Tuesday. Right. Like the like the last like one. Nine right. days for sure. Hours. Obviously, too. I know some people have been asking about Pistons draft talk. We're not going to get. We don't do as much in-depth coverage on the NBA draft as we do the NFL. Um, I've made I've made the comment before. It's because, quite frankly, most of the time, if you're not picking in the top three, the rookie you're taking isn't going to be as impactful. So, where in the NFL, as you can see now, it doesn't matter if you pick first or thirty-second. Like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's probably the best rookie playing so far, and it, it's it's just different in the NFL. Okay, and, and quite frankly, NFL's king in this household. So it, it just is what it is, unfortunately. But we will be talking Pistons draft talk after the finals are over, as we get a little bit closer to the draft, some possible candidates and good stuff like that. So be on the lookout for that good stuff. All right, last topic of the day this week, guys. Let's talk. Um, let's talk NFL and this COVID thing. You know, we, we, we got the report a couple weeks, or not a couple weeks ago, a couple days ago that, all right, some Tennessee guys, you know, there's a few COVID positive tests. All right, so now they're not allowed in the building right now, and then they can test again. Now there's a couple more people in Tennessee. Uh, Minnesota's tested. I don't think anybody from the Vikings has anything, right? Mm-hmm. Am I correct on that? Sure. So they had the contact with it, but they're still doing rigorous testing. Um, there was a scare for the Saints-Lions game that you're going to have already watched by the time you hear this, but Michael Burton, former Lion, now the Saints fullback, he t- had a false positive, thankfully. That's why the Lions and the Saints would be able to play today. Um, but, you know, we're going to... And we've seen Cam Newton. He's He tested positive, so he's going to be out against the Chiefs of all people. Man, talk about Jared Stidham time. Good Lord. Um so they're having to flex out that game to possibly Monday night. They've got a delay now with the Steelers and Tennessee now because of that. So now the Steelers are going to play like 13 straight games because of this. And it's going to be a whole thing because they're on their bye now because Tennessee can't play. 
And this is going to, if this continues, we could definitely see a snowball effect with this where you're like, this could be a scheduling nightmare. The NFL is already talking about adding a week 18 just in case. Um, give me your thoughts on what's happening here. Like, are you concerned that all of a sudden we're going to like come to a screeching halt because like half of Tennessee is, is out or, you know, the Lions are missing Stafford, Galladay, Adrian Peterson, and Okuda. You know, like whatever the case may be where they're already trying to put restrictions on the buy where you can't leave you can't leave for the buy anymore. Mm-hmm. You can't go vacation for a week. You can't do that. So you gotta stay in your general area. You still gotta get tested and all that stuff. But like it doesn't seem it, they're doing a good job, and I don't know if they can do anything else, but it's it's starting to become a little concerning that this is starting to pop up. Um, I'm not too concerned. I think the NFL's done as good as they can. Yeah, without with bu- the, without a bubble, they yeah, can't. Without a bubble, they, they can't, they can't do, do a bubble. Yeah. There's too many people to do a bubble, so they're doing seven thousand people in a bubble. <laughs> more, way more than I that, know. It'll be like forty thousand people yeah. in a bubble, right. but um, yeah, they're doing the best they can. And I think honestly, like it's only hit, like when we watch baseball first right. started, baseball had, like seven teams after right. like three days mm-hmm. that had it. Mm-hmm. Like football, we've had four weeks. And it's only been one team, and it's only been like four players, right. and another and a couple, team had like yeah, one or a couple two stragglers. Right. So I don't think it's um, a too big of an issue right now. I don't think it will become too big of an issue. I think okay. with the NFL's way of like they don't play every single day; they they play in the week. Right. So if they can test it and get it early, then they can just get that, that player out, out, that guy's out, and then right. you kind of like roll with everything else that you have mm-hmm. um, instead of playing every day. Where it's like if you play three days right. and you can come in contact with three different people, then you test right. Oh, you have it, so now the whole team. Well, the have problem it, is like, too is that sometimes the, with this virus, right? It's 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 you know even the twenty four hour test, it takes a couple days to manifest itself. So you could have it yeah. and be talking to somebody, and you don't even realize you have it. And three days later, oh shit, I have it, and now it's like oh man, now you have to retrace where everyone's going. Yeah. And they're doing a nice job of tracking people and seeing all right who are you with and that kind of yeah. stuff. But because like the Saints, I know were concerned because if Burton had it. Oh man, he's sitting. He sat next to Kamara on the plane, and you're like, "Oh crap!" You know, yeah. and so now like he and, and it becomes a, a snowball effect where you know, like tennis. Like I was, I honestly thought for a minute there they, they were thinking about not flexing out this the Steelers uh, Tennessee game, and I'm like, "So you're just gonna have Tennessee go into a game with no practice? Like, all right, we'll have virtual meetings, but no, because they were not allowed in the building, mm-hmm. so you can't. So no practice. All right, so here's what they're going to do. We can't put this into effect because we can't walk through it, but here you go, you yeah. know, and I'm like, that is a sketchy proposition, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is, okay, yeah, this week we can just shift the buy. Mm-hmm. But at some point it goes, all right, what if we can't? Yeah. You know what I mean? And what if, like, all right, we're going to give a team another bye week and then move it again? And, like, God, for, what if a team, like, goes to Monday night like the Chiefs are and then, oh, wait, 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 we have to play Thursday. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? You can't have a team play on Monday and then Thursday with two days of prep. Yeah, I mean that's that. Uh, well, it, you get, it gets sketchy yeah, real quick. There, there is so for Tampa for the Super Bowl. Yeah, they have the hotel for an extra month. This oh, do year. they really? Yeah, just in so case. So I think they're keeping it just in case. So I think that's, they have. That's great I think I think they have a flex of like four extra weeks that they could play with. Okay. So I that's think nice that, to know. Yeah, yeah. So I think with that week eighteen, I think the problem honestly would end up turning into a situation where it would be like okay. Um, like say the Ravens are like thirteen and three, and then they add two extra weeks for all the COVID games, but then they're sitting oh, right. up for right two four weeks. weeks, and now you got to just wait. Yeah, right. Because if you have sure. a first round bye too, you're three weeks until you four weeks until you play your yeah. next game, which right. is a playoff game. Like these long yeah. sit outs could mm-hmm. be what really and like as Tigers teams. as Tigers fans know. It's related to baseball here. The last two times I went to the World Series, they sweep. 
the Yankees, they sweep the A's, and then they sit and got to wait for the team to finish a seven exactly. game series, and, and then, then they come back and they're terrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's, that's think, a great. Point. I think that could be an issue for like the really good. That worrying about the Lions having to sit out those four weeks, you know, just in case yeah. they get that first round. Yeah, <laughs> and it could also yeah this this could also hurt like yeah and, well it could hurt any team because if you have to yeah play for sure extra well week, yeah if you're the Lions and you play in your nine and seven and you're. Ten, maybe the technically the seventh seed or whatever, and then you still got to wait two weeks. Yeah, like that's a disaster. Exactly. That really is. I mean, that's something it, that I don't think people are thinking. It about. gives that extra, It gives the better team too a team. Like if you're playing Seattle and they get three weeks to prepare for you, no like they're exactly. gonna they're gonna have a lot. of Or if there's injuries too, there's a lot of variables there. All right, Russell Wilson broke his thumb. Yeah. You know, in week but seventeen, he got three weeks, he's to, got heal three weeks to heal. I mean, he's not a hundred percent, but he's playing, and yeah. you're like, oh crap. Yeah. So there's 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 things that go along with that as well. It's just it's something to really keep an eye on because you know we're able to kind of maneuver these chess pieces around right now, but there's a very high probability that we're going to see some games moved and stuff. I mean, the NFL is going to do what they can to absolutely not cancel anything. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. it's just there's there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty here, right? You know, I think New England with Cam Newton of all people getting it, like that is the horror scenario if you are a team, right? Is my best player is now out because of this thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're just like, crap. So like if Stafford goes down, you're like, well, that's an L. I mean, I mean quite frankly, I'm looking at L's already, let, let alone with, with them out there. So you're just going, crap. Drew Brees gets, you know, sick or Alvin Kamara or, or Russell Wilson. You go, oh, great. I got to go throw out. Geno Smith or whoever their backup is right now, it's like this is a disaster. So that the, we're gonna finally see what that you know what that does and the effect that it has because it's like, did, is there a limit? Like we're like, all right, there's only these six guys have it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, does that mean that the rest of the team is okay and that yeah. we can play? But it's like, if you're Tennessee, you're like, I don't want to play. That's six starters or four yeah. starters and two key backups or what have you, like. This is a weird year, so it's it's one of those things to where you may see a couple teams kind of in the thick of it at the end who really have no reason being in the thick of it just because of other teams' misfortunes, mm-hmm. you know? So it's going to be extremely, extremely interesting, to, to say the least. Um, real quick, I want to hit on this the Lamar-Mahomes matchup here, just to kind of okay. – just a little cherry on top for the cherry people. Because um, we were texting back and forth a little bit watching that game, and um, – you know the Chiefs clearly outplayed Baltimore in pretty much every at facet of the. I guess you could say not special teams because their kicker was terrible and they had a kick return for a touchdown for Baltimore. But um, you know Mahomes looked phenomenal. Right, that offense was humming. They didn't. The, the Baltimore couldn't stop them yeah. no matter what they did. Um, you know is that. Is that a sign? Because I've seen some overreactions, and we don't do overreactions here on this show. We we put some thought into it usually. Um, but you know, I've seen some people like, ah, oh, you know, Lamar. You know, it's not. You know, Lamar can't do this, or Lamar can't throw, and blah 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 blah. And he's the league MVP, but he looks like this. And I love that people are like, yeah, disrespect Mahomes being the number four player. And I'm like, all right, calm it down. But at the same time, you look at it, and you go, you know, it's same. You saw a lot of holes in this Baltimore offense where they couldn't get rolling, mm-hmm. they couldn't run the ball effectively, Lamar looked terrible. I mean, is there is there that big of a difference, you think, between this Baltimore team and this Chiefs team, who we consider to be probably the two best teams in the league right now? Um, At I least on paper. I don't think there's that big of a difference between the two. Yeah. I think um, I think it will be more competitive if they do play again, yeah. say in the playoffs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, and I can't, I unfortunately can't take credit for this because I've seen it like in multiple different sources. Yeah. But Lamar Jackson is the Giannis Antetokounmpo of NFL football. Wow. Look at that comparison. Um, it's like, it's like, wow. exact. they're great regular season 
players, wow. they ball out when they have a nice lead. They're like if if I could take any quarterback with a ten point or seven point lead and be like, You're my quarterback for this game, it would be Lamar Jackson. Because he would just wow. run all over you. Okay. But if I need you to come back from ten points, Lamar's probably twelfth on my list of people. Wow, that is a, I'm not you know, I didn't see that comparison, but when you say it like that, that is a that is a great Great comparison. Because we just talked about basketball. It's like Giannis, you know, he's he's up to MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, can't get out of the second round. Yeah, exactly. So I I think there's a strong comparison there. And I think, like I I said, I I don't think there's a big difference Mm -hmm. other than, like, they need to start faster. Like, if Baltimore does, like, if Baltimore would have scored a touchdown on that first drive, I think it's a completely different game. Because you kick a field goal, Chiefs score a touchdown, you get stopped, Chiefs score another touchdown, you're down 11, it's over. Because Lamar's not going to bring you back in because he has to throw that is That is interesting for sure. Yeah, I That's his whole game. It. Yeah, yeah. That is, you know, and he didn't look comfortable at all. No. You know, and I give some credit to Steve Spagnuolo's defense as well. We we kind of told everybody, it was like, this defense is not very good. And they're not, but they played well. They played well on Monday night against a good Baltimore team. Um, do you think they're lacking? Because Hollywood Brown is their quote-unquote number one, right? Do you think they're lacking a more consistent, I want to say intermediate guy like for me like Kenny Galladay is our number one receiver for Detroit right but he does a lot of things really really well that maybe you can't replicate like he's not the fastest he's not the strongest he's not this but he does everything well he's, mm-hmm. he's he can be a deep threat when you need him to be he can be he's a great intermediate you know 12 mm-hmm. to 15 kind of guy right I don't know Baltimore I feel like doesn't have a a guy that can get me a third and eight like you can get me a first and ten and, and go 60 yards for a touchdown because Willie Sneed and him both kind of do the same thing yeah. but they don't have that like Michael Crabtree you know Galladay uh Sammy Watkins kind of guy where I need third and six and you're gonna get me seven yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the wide receiver Yeah, position. not at the wide receiver. Mark Andrews can do it at tight end, but no one yeah. can do it at the wide receiver position. Right. And I think that's him and Lamar's really inability to, like, when you force him to throw and he has to throw, he's not very yeah, it's, great. Yeah, it's and, like he's, he's throwing those. a moonshot. I'm like, all right, there's a good chance he's probably going to catch up to that and catch it. But, yeah. like, the, the throws that I think separate Mahomes and him are those throws. It's, yeah. the, it's the, all right, I'm going to get 12 here on a rope. I'm going to yeah. get 12, right, yeah. compared to... Everybody can. Everybody in the NFL can throw it deep. Let's be real. Outside, of like Sam Bradford, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like everybody can throw it deep with some sort of accuracy. But it's the it's the stuff. And that's what's the difference between an Aaron Rodgers, right? Where Aaron Rodgers can just put anything, and you go, wow. Like yeah. you just just no matter where it is on the field, it's a dot. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where I think it's something we saw that another hole in his game. Yeah. That's the difference between why maybe Mahomes has had more success against him is because of those kinds of throws. Just, yeah, that's you all know, it is. it's the. It's the post route for 12 rather mm-hmm. than the post for 40. Yeah. You know, it's just it's interesting, to say the least. It's, it, it, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because you talk about two guys like that, Super Bowl MVP versus league MVP and blah, 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 and you just saw the one guy who is just he's just humming on all cylinders. And This was his real first Mahomes game for me was, was Monday night. I thought against the Chargers they had to come back. They didn't play very well. Houston, Houston's not very good, and they didn't play particularly efficiently on offense. This was the first game for me from Holmes this year where I go, all right, that's the offense mm. I'm expecting. I mean, everything they did was just on fire. So yeah. interesting to say the least. We're going to keep an eye on it for sure. Next week, like I said, we're talking Lions for sure after bye. We're either going to be 2-2 two and two or 1-3. and three. Let's hope that they're 2-2 two and because two, if not, I'm going to be really sad. But um, that's going to be it for this week's show. For the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merc Zone. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys as always next time.